Have you ever been set up on a date? Uh, yes, I've been actually. How did it go? Not too well. Yeah, by a bunch. The most recent one went well. We saw each other again once afterwards, but we didn't. Yes, it was pretty good. Well, it was, I mean, I don't know, it was only two dates, so I guess not that great. Uh, yes. Wait, who, who set me up with that guy, remember? Which guy? The guy. When? And then Where? he told me he didn't drink coffee. Okay, I don't like you anymore. And have you ever tried to play matchmaker? Oh, no. I'm looking for someone for myself and one of my friends. Yes. yes. Yeah, they dated for a while. Oh, then they, oh then they okay. <laughs> then it didn't work out. No, they didn't. Oh, bummer. Welcome to Undressed. I'm Megan Collins of Style Girlfriend. Today we're talking dating and relationships in the age of Tinder. Fellas, buckle in and get comfortable because this is going to be real. With all the swipe happy choices that keep so many folks on both sides, let's say, from, from committing, finding your way into a relationship can feel close to impossible. I get that. And you know what? Emily Holmes Han also understood that, and that's why she started Bespoke Matchmaking Service last first. As in, they'll send you on your last first date ever. Get it? I actually think that was the original name of the Will Smith movie, Hitch. And then they changed it. That's why I remember thinking that. Do you guys remember that movie? That was a great movie. Anyways, last first goal is to provide clients with the skills to recognize a suitable partner, which is, I think, something that a lot of us lack, and how to best approach a romantic outing. And you know what? Ultimately, their goal is to put you in a long-lasting and meaningful relationship, so I can't wait to talk with her about that. Over the course of her career, Emily has placed dozens of couples, sort of like a headhunter, but for marriage. This episode is brought to you by 5-4, a simple, affordable way to expand your wardrobe. Visit 54club.com to learn more and become a member. And use code STYLEGF to get 50% off your first month's package. 5-4, live beyond the box. And now, on to our conversation with Emily Holmes Han of Last First Matchmaking. Hi, Emily. Hi. I'm so excited to be here in your matchmaking office. I already feel like I should be, I'm like on a reality show. Like I feel like I should be filling out some questionnaire about how many kids I want. Right. <laughs> Well, Tell me everything. I'm so curious. What prompted you to start a matchmaking service? Um, it's a very unromantic story, actually. So I was right. I was working in Paris, um, and I got randomly right around the time that my visa was expiring, which happened every year, and I would have to go through this huge ordeal to renew it. I got my first ever recruitment offer from LinkedIn, and it was for a matchmaking company back in New York. So the timing just kind of lined up fatefully. I moved back within two weeks. I packed up my whole life. And I had no no intention of moving back for that. I worked for him um, for two years, and I really saw then kind of I, I fell in love with it within the first week. I would say I just loved meeting all of the different types of people, and it really got me excited about having moved to New York, which was something I hadn't been so, so excited. You about never lived before. here before. No, I went to NYU, but I do feel that I, oh, I kind of totally grew different. up in Paris. Yeah. Like I became a, a woman in Paris. Um, and yeah, and then, so it just made me really excited about this city and the diversity and the people from all different walks of life. And I mean, there was no meeting was ever a bad meeting just because you would meet some crazy character and have a great story out of it, even if he didn't end up working with you. So anyway, so then I saw a kind of gap in the market for something more bespoke and luxury where I could kind of marry that experience working in fashion in Paris with the more... Uh, mass market dating, big box dating service. Um, so you were doing fashion in Paris. You were doing nothing to do with yeah. 
Ralph oh. Lauren, <laughs> actually. Wow. Mm-hmm. So how do you think you got recruited for this matchmaking service? I had a friend who worked there, so I'm sure that we that she recommended or they somehow saw that she was a friend of mine on LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever. And the skill sets were transferable? I would say so. I would say, and I'm, and my degree, if you want to add another random thing into the mix, is in theater. So <laughs> Actually, I feel like that is totally that's, applicable. Yeah, that, that's a, a more seamless um, segue, I think. But, um, but definitely in terms of the way that we handle things, you know, I like to treat this, it's not just about the introduction. I always tell clients, it's not just about me sending, sending you out with, you know, person after person. It's about the experience. So we concierge the dates um, and we work with their schedules independently. We work with where they live, what kind of cuisines they might like. Do they prefer dinner or drinks or an activity for a first date? And we'll pick a really nice experience. So we kind of set the stage and iron it out so that every detail is taken care of except for will there be chemistry sure. and we can do a pretty good job of trying to predict that too just from talking to them reading their energy seeing what makes them laugh how they react when there's a sudden noise how they treat us you know when we offer them water or coffee like all these things can kind of inform who would be a good match for whom for so how does that person. affect the training when you bring on new matchmakers what are you pointing out to them what are you teaching them I mean I would imagine a lot of it is sort of intuition a lot of it is getting a feel for people which honestly not a lot of not everyone has that so yeah. how do you how do you identify your matchmakers how do you train them I love finding people with backgrounds similar to mine so a theater background or psychology or which is not similar to mine but you know some something that involves communication and listening and and thinking on your toes also and there's really not much training involved. Our special sauce is just being present with every person who comes in here and really observing and listening and respecting their wishes also. We're not one of these teams who, who tries to tell our client what he wants, you know, as you might see on reality TV or in other more public matchmaking profiles. I guess our training, I mean, it's a lot of or the, the things we train people in our organization and manner when interacting with the client. We definitely have a list of words that we avoid and we have a list of words that we like to use. So that's kind of cool. But it's really just about being present and reading people. Wait, I, I need some examples of these words to use and not use. I don't know Give if I would want these to be. <laughs> well, I think just, you know, when you're looking at a, a brand, you know, a, a boutique brand and, you know, you want to avoid words like high end or, um, you know, because then you seem low end for using the word high end, I guess. So. Sure. Um, you know, things like that. We don't really say, we don't, I don't know if I would want it on the podcast, but we don't <laughs> say. There are just some things that I think, you know, you don't make statements about, you know, about people's appearances in certain ways. You make them in other ways. We do that too. It's never, oh, guys, would you please stop wearing bootcut jeans once and for all? It's, hey, guys, you would look so handsome right. in a pair of dark rim slim cut jeans. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think a lot of getting along in life is simply being diplomatic. Yeah, I think so too. And I think that's part of why our clients love us so much is because we really do become their best friends and we really we really mean it when we, we want to lift them up and we want to deliver date feedback in the best way possible. You know, it's not it's not about scolding them when they flunk a date. So who are these guys that are coming in? I think, you know, our audience probably, I would venture to guess, has never used a matchmaker. Maybe he's in a relationship, and if he is, he's probably been married for a few years. But if he's not, then he might be on Tinder. He might be on Bumble. Who is the guy that's coming in saying, I don't want to do that? You know, let's go another way. 
It's a very diverse membership, but the common threads are they're all men who are looking for something serious. Anybody who wants something casual these days, it's the options are endless. Right. So you go on Tinder, you flick your thumb, and you're having a drink with a girl five minutes later. You know what I mean? <laughs> but with people who use a matchmaker, I think definitely wanting something serious and wanting to be proactive about that. All of the men are, you know, I would say have good good value sets. They're all from nice families who taught them right from wrong, I would say. And they're all their time is just valuable to them. Their time is too valuable to them to gamble away a Saturday evening on a girl who shows up and looks nothing like her pictures or who lied about her age by 10 years or worse to get into like a five date meaningless relationship with somebody and then at the end of the fifth date a deal breaker is revealed that if you just known before sitting down with her you wasted all that time money and all of these guys are just people who have so many better things to do they have their careers they have you know a lot of them are divorced maybe have their own families and just a million other things to do than to end up on a date like that and I always say they're all guys who I'm taken but they're all guys who I would date myself Oh, that's a ringing endorsement. So I would, you know, attractive and funny, social, personable. If somebody's if somebody's a snob or I don't interact well with somebody, we just wouldn't work. Oh my gosh. Give me the rejection rate. Um, probably 50%. Really? Yeah. I would say, I, 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 I would say probably 50%. Now, God, how do you end up saying like no we're not interested in working with you well we don't actually say we would just say okay well we're we're full the membership is full right now but we'll keep you on file for forever you know looking for someone of your profile again because we do what you get when working with a boutique matchmaker we can always blame it on that because we're literally we work with about 25 to 30 clients at a time right now and the model moves horizontally so when we get one client into a relationship then we take on another client sometimes we do have a wait list for that, we'll have people or different profiles who we've kind of recruited and interviewed and we'll be really eager to work with them, but we just don't have the capacity to give the comprehensive service to our 30 if we took them on as well. So we'll put them on a wait list. And capacity is both you and your matchmaker's bandwidth, but also the amount of prospective women that yeah, would be sending them on? I would say that, I would, yeah, definitely. Definitely that too. Our network of women is pretty large. We're all very social. So literally anybody who just we've met and we've interviewed, you know, she sat here, we've interviewed her, she's in our network. She might not get a call for a long time. She might be really great, but if she's not a good fit for one of our 30, but usually there's not really a shortage of women and we get about three in per day. (gasps) And how are they finding you or how are you finding them? Socially, a little bit of press and really mainly socially and word of mouth. We don't advertise, we don't buy Google search even. So there's no other way to find us unless you get a, an endorsement from somebody or you read something about us. So does that happen often then that, yeah, you won't find someone for a woman for six months, then you call her up and you're like, I have the greatest guy. And they say, yeah. oh, but now I'm in a relationship. Sorry. All the time. Yeah. All the time. It, it ebbs and flows. The membership is alive. So, yeah. I love the naming conventions. I like the idea of a member being a membership. Yeah, I like that too because it's not just introductions. It's an experience. It's, you know, we have a concierge, we have a life coach, we have a trainer we partnered with. So it's really about getting our clients into their best states to meet their last first date. And I should say also we take female clients as well. So if a woman comes in and we say, okay, you know, you seem really great, but we don't have anyone right now and she, she can afford to and she wants to do something more proactive, we love working with women. 
Oh, is that a growing clientele? It's growing. Yeah, I'm really happy that it's growing. Um, I would say our strong suit at this company is our network of women. So not so much our network of men. So a lot of people hire us for access to that network of women. But sure. women, actually, we've had some great successes in the past for female clients. So, so you said that you have a good amount of guys that come in and they, they're divorced, they have a family, they're pretty well settled. Are there any guys that are like, a startup guy or like a young finance guy and he's just like look I don't have the time I want to outsource this the same way that I you know order dinner off seamless totally totally our youngest right now is 28 really Um, yeah and we we love that too obviously we're a young office so we can tap into our friend networks and they are all really happy when you know when when I call a friend and ask if she would want to meet a client because my clients are just always really good guys but yeah I think young guys are really frustrated with tinder I don't know if I can speak for everybody, but the young guys that I work with are really frustrated just because it's it's such a waste of time. It's not that it's not fun to casually date. Guys are guys, but I mean, you can spend so much time on somebody who ends up not being it for you. So by going through a process like matchmaking, what would you say in terms of the timeline that that accelerates or that that sort of condenses? Do you see quicker relationships sprout up or proposals, engagements, do those happen more quickly, do you think? I think so, because both parties come to the table knowing that they're looking for the same thing. So you kind of, you kind of, how do I say it? You rocket past a lot of that dance that you do in the beginning of a relationship where you're learning about each other. I will say that the most I really know about matchmaking is from reality TVs, but understanding that this isn't necessarily that, what is the worst horror dating story that you've had a client come in and say, this is why I'm using you guys because I can never do X, Y, or Z again. We have so many. One that immediately came to mind, there was a man who we worked with who was out on a date or he was, he was on a business trip in Asia and he was, he went, he was on Tinder like for fun for a date and the person showed up and was actually, uh, he found photos of a beautiful woman. They were chatting. person showed up and it was a man. And he was just like, wait, but, and they did this weird thing at the beginning. He was like, wait, are you my, are you this person? And he was like, yeah, yeah. And so he was just like, that's absolutely it. I can't do it anymore. Yeah. That I mean, it's such a lie. Enough. But yeah. it's, I mean, that guy could, I don't understand because that guy could have gone on Tinder to meet a guy as a guy. It's not like, you know, it's 2016. It would have been fine. He didn't have to like pull the rug out from under the situation but wait did he show up dressed as a woman no no he just showed up as a guy nothing he had nothing to do with the photos and he was like are you trying he actually said are you trying to sell something like why right why are we here he said it was just the most awkward thing ever so wow yeah i have not heard that (laughs) yeah i would say that's a good one i would imagine that this does feel i don't i don't know how to say this and have it not sound like an insult but do you find that most of your clients are coming here as a last resort? Like they have tried other things and they're saying, I'm not doing that anymore. Some of them. Some of them, yes. Others others just are private and they don't want to put their faces out there, which I think there's something a lot to be said for a man like that, you know, who wouldn't want to cross paths with an employee or, you know, a, a friend who's just more private and doesn't want to be, you know, reduced to a little one photo name and age profile. I mean, you get a second photo with, you know, your pet. Right, right. <laughs> hiking. Right? You and your bros, yeah. <laughs> and then in terms of the client for a service like this, he comes in, he talks to you about what he needs, you set him up with whatever that might be. So 
it seems like you might need to work on your confidence. So let's set you up with a trainer. Or let's set you up with a stylist. How long is it before he actually gets matched on a date? Um, it's usually within two weeks. So usually before we take on a client, we have a really a couple of really good ideas and we all kick them around. Oftentimes we all have the same idea, which is really fun. They can be so out of the box too. It's a lot of times it's somebody who doesn't fit at all what the client said. So we don't really start with that person, but we know that that client's going to end up marrying that person. So we'll like appease him for a while and like send him kind of what he's looking for. And then we'll be like, hey, try this out of the box date and see. But yeah, usually two weeks. In terms of who they're looking for, do they generally... I mean, they're like, oh, I want her to be like millions or whatever, but also I want her to be blonde and have blue eyes. And right, like be right. Five, seven and, and then it's the, yeah, the Victoria's Secret model out. with the brown eye and the blue eye and the Harvard degree. But as long as you can push past that with them, I suppose. Exactly. How do you handle that? Because, yeah, like you said, you might have someone in mind for them, but it's totally not what they think their physical type is. Being upfront with them, I think. You know, once you can build trust and once they know, I mean, all of the women we work with are just so impressive. They're, they really are. And I ask myself why they're single every day. They're just amazing people, amazing, interesting careers and stories. And they are beautiful and nice. And we connect with everybody who we take in the membership so much. So once they start to understand that, I think they start to trust us. And they realize these really are women who I probably, I might meet on my own. But in this big world, it would be really unlikely that with all the options out there that this person and I would have met. So they trust us. And then if we say, hey, we have someone who's a little bit outside the box. She's... 5'8", God forbid, and not 5'7". So <laughs> then they'll say they'll usually trust us. I would imagine that, again, coming back to the idea of diplomacy, there has to be a way that you're wording that without it sounding like, look, you're 50, you're not going to get a 27-year-old. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. And we try just to, that's kind of a non-starter for us if we think that somebody has unreasonable expectations and they're so unreasonable and they're so rigid about them, that goes into the 50% that we just wouldn't work with. But I do also think that when you, you know, if you do have a client who's looking to date somebody much younger, for whatever reason, a lot of times, you know, somebody wants to start a family and they haven't done that yet. But you could give them so much of what they want until they realize like that's kind of not working and we can talk them through that. And we let them know in the beginning, we'll get, we can do this, but we don't think that it will turn long term. Then they, they start to expand, I think. I want to ask you a few questions about dating for the guys out there who might need some guidance, uh, which is probably a lot of them. So give me some do's and don'ts for a guy to keep in mind on a first date. I mean, you're coaching these guys before they meet this potential love of their life. So what are you telling them? So a couple of our our insider tips for our more superficial insider tips for a date. We say um, go home from work early, even just an hour early to get out of work mode into date mode and really change your clothes. Go to the gym. Even if you literally put like the exact same thing. Exactly. Exactly. I think it totally transitions your headspace. I I totally agree with that. Yeah. Or take a nap or do whatever or have a drink. Whatever whatever gets you into your best self, do that before your date. Because so many dates are just botched because somebody had a bad day and didn't really bring the best energy. And those people might have actually ended up second, third, fourth marriage, but they don't because first date etiquette is so important and how you, how you come to the table. Do you think, I mean, you said that it's superficial, but I don't know, I just hate that term. It just, first appearances matter, first impressions matter. So yeah, how can we kind of we say that that is important without it being discounted? Showing how up we... as your best self. Just being encouraging of the idea that it's okay to want to present your best self and not sort of say, 
well, she should take me to Miami. Right, you know? right, right, right. Totally. No, it's, 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 and it's not about changing who you are. It's, it's about, again, yeah, as you said, bringing your best self. I mean, we tell that we we tell that very bluntly to people. You know, make sure you wear an outfit. We say that something that you've worn before that you know works for you. Don't go out and buy new clothes oh, that's for a, a first good date, one. unless you've unless you've bought new clothes and you've like had a few weeks to. Okay, wear I like it. that. It's sort of like when you run a race, you're not supposed to wear the shirt that they give you for the race yeah. because you haven't had a chance to break it in yet, or like you would never wear like new sneakers, on, totally. you know, on a marathon day. Totally. Oh, that's really good. I like that. So wear sort of an old favorite outfit. Yeah. Something you know you feel great in. Yeah. Ooh, exactly. That's a good one. Um. Yeah. Something you know you feel great in. Um. Something that you can you you can sit in because you'll be sitting on a date. It might look great standing, but if it rumples up when you're sitting, we Ooh. say or a jacket. Like know how you're gonna put your jacket. We usually we recommend like for younger guys. We don't even recommend a jacket. Just jeans and a nice shirt tucked in. Cool well, shoes. I was gonna ask that. Yeah. What are good first date outfits for sort of different age groups of guys for young guys just like whatever your style is just but as long as it's neat and you put some thought into it so obviously don't show up in gym clothes skip the backwards baseball cap exactly exactly polished clean look like you tried like a t-shirt you could you could even wear a t-shirt we don't have weird rules if you make the t-shirt look really nice and you put it with a it fits you well and you wear it with a great pair of jeans and great shoes I think that's fine. And then a little bit older, we recommend, you know, like in the 40s and up, we'll say where like jeans and a blazer is great and you can take the blazer off a button down or a t-shirt under the blazer and great shoes, great, you know, accessories. Do you find that you have to do much style coaching with these guys? We have a personal shopper who will actually send them with if we feel like they need it. And a lot of them I do think need it. What did we have? We had somebody funny the other day who showed up. Oh yeah, we had a uh, we had our a young client. Sometimes it's really sweet when the young guys will come in. And they they take it really seriously, which is great. It's yeah. amazing, but because it's an investment and they wanna they want to get the right result out of it. But this guy wore like he's like thirty and he wore a tweed blazer with a pocket square and like really fitted black jeans and we were like and he clearly like was styled i think he had worked with someone not with us right. to like figure out that outfit because it wasn't at all what he wore when we met him oh. but it was like really contrived like, that doesn't sound bad but yeah it, it wasn't just wasn't him, him. it was mm. it was too yeah maybe you'd have to have to have a picture of him in your mind of why this wouldn't work for this particular person but he just was like a fish out of water in it he's really Do casual look uncomfortable yeah i think he looked uncomfortable you, you know, people are kind of tugging at their clothes and yeah i yeah. think i just think he yeah it really translated to her that he was uncomfortable and like he's just such a casual person like i would have so preferred to see him in like which a is cool the stylist doing bad work t-shirt. i mean if right. they should have noticed I as think soon so as he put too. that on that he was you know, I think trying so to wriggle too. out of it. I agree. I'm not a stylist. I think that's so important to look at how comfortable the guy is. And then we also, we tell, um, in terms of tips, we tell guys to arrive early, get seats at the bar if it's a drink state, and we say get to know the bartender by name because that's and have a meaningful conversation with him or her because it's really sexy when your date can come in and you can be like, like Megan, oh, this yeah. is Bob. Bob makes the best you know, gin and tonic. I whatever and adore that. Again, it's still being you, but you're elevating your best self. You can do it however feels natural to you, but I just think it's so cool to 
have a guy who was able to come early and hold his own, not be on his phone, but actually like have a conversation with somebody. I think that's really sexy. Right. And you're not tucked into a corner because all the seats are taken and right. know, kind of uncomfortably on top of each other. Exactly. I love a bar date because you can be next to each other. You see each other. You don't have an awkward table between you. You can like touch if it's going well. You see what each other looks like full length also. So The side by side or the like at the corner. Is very I nice. love the corner table. Mm-hmm. We have a second business of securing corner tables for people. <laughs> we should like literally digitalize it because it's so good. <laughs> I totally agree though. There's literally studies that show that men have better conversations when they're next to someone as opposed to across from them. Really? Mm-hmm. It's I'll something about it not up. feeling confronted or not feeling threatened. It's like a fight or flight instinct thing. So if you sit down across from someone at, you know, a tiny table in a bistro, like, you're much more feeling yeah. under the the light and the sort of the yeah. investigation room. And it feels like an interview, too, right. I think. It's so much more casual. I love it. And I like to, I always say, if the date's going well, definitely order food, even if it was just a drink date. Even if you guys have a dinner plan, each dinner plan's two hours later, order, like, an appetizer. That signals to her that it's going well, and it's just nice to share food there's something to talk about interesting tastes stimulating different senses so oh my god (laughs) those are all really good tips and we'll add those in the notes so you guys remember what we talked about here and there are things where like when you say that i'm like oh yeah totally so i know and we all know but it's good to keep that in the back of your mind nobody wants to be the person sort of hustling to yes pull together an outfit pull together an idea for a restaurant like any of that that's the kind of stuff that you should just have in your back pocket as a grown man Today's episode is brought to you by 5-4. This LA-based brand will send you a delivery of stylish clothes not available anywhere else. For just $60 a month, build your wardrobe and diversify your look with clothes for the office, the weekend, and everywhere in between. Visit 54club.com to learn more and become a member. I wanted to learn more about it, so I asked my brother Aaron to take the service for a spin. Here's what he had to say. Soon as you click submit, they say, your first clothing packages on the way. And, and that was that. I mean, for somebody who does not love to shop, it really did me a favor. And they're definitely going to be in my staple wardrobe rotation. Undressed listeners can get 50% off their first month's package when they sign up with the code STYLEGF. Just go to 54club.com and enter STYLEGF at checkout. 54. Live beyond the box. We had a post go up on the site recently, and it was about the idea of having sort of a bar or restaurant in each neighborhood, so you're kind of ready. Do you have suggestions that you share with your clients in terms of, here's a good place to go? I know you're a big fan of the hotel bar. I'm also a hotel bar fan. Yes. Where did you know that? I did research. <laughs> I come prepared. <laughs> no, 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 that's awesome. Yeah, no, I wasn't just like following you around last night. What's your favorite hotel, hotel bar hotel here bar. in the city? Um, I have so many. I have so, so many. Okay. I love right now, I think the Soho Grand is a sexy hotel vibe. I like Uptown. I like Bar Pleiades in the Surrey. I like the um, the Roxy Hotel in Tribeca is actually quite good. Which was the Tribeca Grand. Yeah, it was the Tribeca Grand. I literally Grand. walked by it last night. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's so I cool now. I live cool. right there. 
There's something very sexy about hotel bars, and I think guys just need to get over the idea that it's going to be like a $17 cocktail. Do something a little bit extra special for a first date. I think so many people, especially with the the rise of Tinder, people are like throwing away first dates because they've become so meaningless. So it's like, yeah, let's just meet for like a coffee during the day on our work break at Starbucks. Coffee dates make me so sad. I literally walk by... It was like five o'clock and I saw this couple that was clear like in the window at a Starbucks and they were clearly like just getting to know each other, like just by their body language. And I was just like, why would you do that? Like even if you don't drink, there's other stuff you can do. <laughs> like I totally agree. Ugh. Like I at totally least go for agree. a walk. Yeah. Like, get coffee and then walk through the neighborhood. Yeah. But don't just like, like don't sit, sit under fluorescent lighting oh. with like a paper cup. It's awful. It's awful. It's so uncivilized. <laughs> the but, best coffee date of all time is Taylor Swift and Jake Gyllenhaal getting coffee. Yes, when he when he like pumpkin spice latte is walking through the park with his dog. So like, cute. Yeah, so that's cute. a good coffee date. Love T Swift. Um, yeah, that is a coffee date that works. But they they had incubated their relationship already, so it's fair for them to go on a coffee date. It's I like not that a first term, date. incubate. Yes. Is that something you use with clients? Yeah, I do. <laughs> How cute. long do you incubate a relationship for before it's like ready to hatch? And is I the hatching the engagement? Yeah, I guess so. I don't even know. I just like the term also. I think you you incubate for as long as feels right to you. Do you have, I mean, I guess with your clients, they're looking for the relationship, so you know that. But what about if you're just talking to your girlfriends and they're like, I don't know, we've been dating for a while, we haven't really had the talk. Like, what would you suggest to those girls that, or I guess yeah. guys, where things haven't been defined? How long do you give it before you're like, let's, let's sort out what this is? Again, I think it all depends on the couple. I really do. And whatever feels right to you guys. Because some people, you know, especially with divorced couples, you know, couples who've both been through a divorce, so it just, it sometimes it can take a little bit longer if they already have a family and, you know, then introducing their partner to their children becomes a big deal. So it takes them a little bit longer. With young people, I think it also can take a long time just because we're so used to casual dating and it's fun and there are lots of options out there. And even, you know, even people who work with me, they're still on Tinder. So it's like a lot Stop of it. some of Don't them. You, can't you cut them off? I know like, I want to because like, I'm like, I have such better people. But <laughs> oh I, I feel like you get to impose a fine or something if you find yeah. out that one of your clients is Tindering on the download. I should, right? Or terminate them. Worse. <sighs> Um, I love all your terms. I want to incubate into <laughs> I want to know. I'm going to keep quizzing you because I'm finding okay. all of your advice so helpful and fun. Tell me three things that a guy can do to up his chances of getting a yes when asking a woman out. We've already talked about dating, but like, let's back it up. Three How things. is this guy even getting this woman to go okay. meet him at a hotel bar for a sexy drink? Cool. I would say, number one, probably be direct. Because I, especially for the younger guys, I think older men tend to have less of a problem with this, but people around my age, a lot of times it's like, a guy friend will ask me advice, he'll show me his text, and it's like his text with this girl are like, oh, hey, I'm going to be at this party on Saturday. And he's like, yeah, so do you think <laughs> she, do you, like, like, I'm like, wait, so I don't think you asked her out. Like, I think you really copped out of that. And then, or this like. It's only funny because it's so painful. It's true. true. And it's oh, like, what about, I'm not saying that you need to get down on one knee or send flowers with a formal note, but just, you know, a text like, hey, would you like to have drinks? Or even, would you like to go to this party on Saturday? It should be fun. Something so like with the ends in a question mark. To ask a question. Exactly, exactly. And it's just like, I, I hate this that is little not Jeopardy. dance. Pose your question as a question. Totally, totally. But it's like a little dance. 
Again, like all of this is where it's not even Sad. advice. It's just like, Dad, here's how to be a human being. Yeah. <laughs> use your words. Use your words. <laughs> Tip number one, use yeah. your words. Ask someone out. Ask a question. I think And make that's it so definitive important. and make it be at this time, at this place. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And then you can go on banter and be fun and tell her about the cool party you're going to, you know? But it's like, don't play, don't play hard to get when you're trying to, to get a get. date. <laughs> yeah. When you're trying to get. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God. Okay. That's, such that's a good the one. worst one. So when a guy is asking out a girl, he should ask her. Correct. Good. Ask her. Number All right. One. Give me another one. I would say. Pick something that she will actually like. If you really want to up your chances and go the extra mile and you've chatted with her or, you know, you've been out socially, you know, a little bit about her, I would maybe pick a restaurant that you guys had talked about or you know that she really likes sushi. So pick a sushi restaurant. On one level, she's just going to want to go to that place. So she's more likely to say yes. But also it's just nice to a a guy who actually thought about it and didn't pick just the bar below his apartment. You know, do you think that that's like lowering the bar too much in terms of letting the girl off the hook for not really wanting to go? But she's like, well, I do love sushi. Or do you think that that's more because maybe sometimes people don't have a love connection right away, and that's sort of a way to at least get them to have a conversation and get more FaceTime. I do think, I think the latter, and I think half of the game sometimes is getting the right people in audience with each other. So I think there's so many. Again, something about someone says that you wouldn't want to meet them or one party doesn't want to go on the date. So just getting those people in front of each other and seeing how they connect is is huge. So the more you can do to get her in front of you, I think the better. And are you a believer in like the it might take a second or a third date? I am. Okay. I am. I think there's a little bit of je ne sais quoi and you need that, you need a little bit of that on a first date, but I don't think it needs to be this intense like banter going on the whole time. So tip number two is ask her to do something that she'll want to do. Again, sounds so reasonable, (laughs) but it's very good advice. I like that. Yeah. So guys, like, just, you know, get tickets to Hamilton. I'm like, no big deal. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Whisper to Paris. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) Hey, want to go to Paris? shopping at Tiffany's? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Good one. What's another one? Give me a third. I guess a third would be just... I think a lot of men have kind of the wrong attitude or tone of voice when they're asking somebody out. So, you know, maybe a little bit similar to the first one, but just be sincere. Don't cop out of the question or say, like, try to undermine the fact that you're asking her out on a date. I think that that's flattering and it's a little bit of a return to the old traditions. You know, it's just nice to have a guy who really wants to take you out. Again, sounds so simple, but yeah. No, I think that that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think it kind of ladders back up to the idea of just being asked on a date, making her feel like this is something you're excited about when she says yes, that's going to have a better chance of landing a yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. I think that's good. (laughs) Glad you like. um, I'm curious if you believe in deal breakers. I think you mentioned it earlier. What to do about those. So I don't believe in traditional deal breakers. I don't believe in religion or, you know, family background as a deal breaker. As a deal breaker. Yeah. Oh, no, I do believe in religion in general, but, like, it's great. But, but yeah, I think that, like, elements like that are – I have just seen too many great relationships overcome those kinds of things when the two people have a great connection. So I appease clients who have deal breakers like that for a while, but I'm always the first one to push them if I see somebody who's outside the box who I think would be a great fit. Um, I do believe in less tangible 
deal breakers like sense of humor or somebody who needs, you know, a woman who needs a guy who's more alpha versus an introvert. That I definitely, you know, that has everything to do with connection and chemistry and those are valid deal breakers for me. That's really interesting. So it's not so much he wants kids and I don't, it's I'm going to be too dominating in this relationship and even if we're attracted to each other, it's ultimately not going to work out. Correct. And that's something that you're able to kind of see up front. Yes, I try to. Well, yeah, I suppose, (laughs) right? Like you're going to try to prevent that even from becoming an issue. Yes, yeah. What happens if you do introduce them and then you're like, you see them together and you're like, I don't I don't know. Like they like each other, but you just don't hmm. see it going the distance. I never really see the couples together, but I do hear a lot of stories. I like to let things run their course because I, I don't think that men respond well or women really to being told what to do, especially if they're having a great intense relationship with somebody. And I think, you know, this is this is Mr. Right now and not Mr. Right for that person or whatever. <laughs> but like, I, I, I think let, let it run its course and they'll figure it out for themselves. Yeah. And whether I can be it wrong. flames out or not. Sure. Yeah. What about preventable relationship landmines? So, you know, we kind of talked about the idea of deal breakers not being real deal breakers, but what about, you know, are there issues that you're able to kind of bring up with clients ahead of time and say, you might think this, but if you well, I'm just, I'm wondering about like sense of humor, for instance. You might think a couple is going to get along, but you kind of want to warn someone like, oh, way, yeah, like they, they're kind of, you know, they have a body sense of humor and you might not be ready for that. So I just want to tell you. I do that all the time, all the time. Or I'll say I have a client who's literally off the charts IQ genius. And I'll say, and a lot of people really like him. A lot of people don't. And I'll, I'll always say before the date, I don't know how you'll necessarily do with this personality type because he's fascinating, but he's definitely, um, he can be very in his own world. He goes off on tangents. Um, I think just being upfront about those kinds of traits. And then if the girl says, oh my God, that would be an, that absolutely that personality type wouldn't work for me, then I would save him the trouble of going on that date, even though everything lined up on paper about them. Yeah, yeah but no, that makes sense to me. I love the idea that you're like, giving coaching along the way like do you talk to like the guy before he goes on a date to talk to the girl like are you guys like debriefing after how does that work oftentimes a lot of some some of the clients even um before the first couple of dates they'll come in here and meet with us and just chat and we have a drink but does too much prep make them nervous i would feel like I, at some point like you have to just kind of be like you'll be fine like sometimes they the want it wheels off <laughs> yes i don't recommend that all so again, we're not here to tell people what's right and what's wrong. We're just here to do our little part. But yeah, we talk. We do talk to them a lot before the date. Some of them before the date, and then all of them want to call us after the date. Sometimes we'll get a text while she's in the bathroom. Actually, <laughs> like, this date is going great. I'm like, get off your phone. <laughs> That's adorable. Yeah, yeah. The Aww. girls do that a lot as well. Actually, it's pretty funny. Oh yeah, they're in the bathroom texting you. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm very lucky to get that insider scoop on everything. And does that make you feel like you're a little bit 24 seven in terms of the work? You know, yeah, you're getting these texts at nine o'clock, ten o'clock, and yes. whatever it is. Yes. Do you see that as cutting into your lifestyle or are you like oh girl give me the details like, I love it. it okay oh, I love it I absolutely love it but I mean a little bit if you're you know if if I'm traveling or if I'm you know doing something myself then it can cut into it a little bit but I'm very I'm, a lot of heart goes into all of the matches so it's exciting for me when something goes well and even if something's not going well it's kind of juicy <laughs> you're invested either way yeah is there one thing that you wish all guys knew about women? Like, what would make your job so much easier if every guy walked through the door understanding X? Hmm. Hmm. 
That's a great question. I would just say that you can't put a science on the on the opposite sex. Like you can't come in with a laundry list of things that you're looking for and expect expect us to be able to find a person who's exactly the person that you describe, you know? And do you think that's probably true for matchmaking and just dating? I feel like that's something where guys who work with you or not would be smart to to learn that. Yes. Because other, especially in a place like New York where there's so many options, I feel like a guy can say, well, she has six of the ten qualities I'm looking for, but not all 10. So on to the next one. Exactly. Exactly. I think it's worse on the apps. It is worse because it's just so easy to get a date. Whereas before you had to do some work to get a date. Yeah. I always say, it's funny you mentioned like six out of the 10. I used to always say like, I think six out of 10 is a really good match. If you guys connect and that's everything. And then they have six out of the 10 things that you were actually superficially looking for, you know, background or education or values, appearance and that's, I mean, that's a really awesome match. And now it's like you can keep swiping until you get 10 out of 10 and you'll get one date with that person and trick yourself into thinking it's a connection. I was also going to say, I think one thing that if all men knew about women is that we change our minds a lot. We really are. We really can be very hot and cold. So I think, I think that's just good to go into a relationship knowing that so that you don't let it phase you when it occurs. That's when a those, good one. When those little changes occur. How can a guy... Be respectful of a woman who's, yeah, changing her mind on something while not getting driven crazy by it. Yeah, it's so funny to say this without saying it. <laughs> um, how can a man be respectful of that? I think just be respectful of it. Give her space when she needs it, you know? Be in tune, be, be very in tune to her needs because you probably won't end up with her if you're not. And vice versa, of course, women need to be in tune with men's needs and men have quirks and flaws and funny mechanisms as well. That's certainly true. And then for our guys who are out there, again, looking for a relationship with the help of a matchmaker or otherwise, how does he DTR? DTR? Oh my God, have you not? You, no. you guys need to have this term. Do you know it? What's DTR? I learned it last week. What is it? I've known Define it for a relationship. Oh, cute. I can't believe I didn't know that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I feel like that should be in like your handbook. Yeah. Oh, that's ridiculous. Okay, so how does the guy DTR? Yeah, because I feel like so often, you know, when we think about it or we see it culturally, it's, you know, the woman sitting around with her friends at brunch being like, how do I get this guy to commit? Right, right. But what, I mean, there's got to be opposite, there's got to be the opposite situation happening as well, right? A guy can't nail a girl down, so how does he do it? Yeah. You need to, again, incubate the relationship, so date, you know, start seeing each other regularly, Obviously, you know, you're probably going to be intimate before you DTR as well. So like all that stuff needs to happen. And then in this day, you need to ask. I mean, or you need to have that milestone conversation. I think the guy should actually like say, you know, like, let's be exclusive. It doesn't need to be like, will you be my girlfriend? But (laughs) Here's my letter jacket. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That would be so cute though. Um, Here's my pin. (laughs) So cute. Maybe Um, we can start that. Maybe we can like start a trend of guys like digging their varsity jacket out of their parents' basements. He's like bestowing it. I would love it. Actually, yeah. It would be. That worn in. Yeah. Yeah, all right, guys, heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We started it. So you have to ask. You have to say. I think you, you definitely have to ask. And are you are you asking or are you saying, I would like for us to be exclusive? Or are you saying, would you like to be exclusive with me? I mean, these are the nitty-gritty yeah. questions that guys maybe don't know, and that's why they're not asking, right? Or that's why they're not putting it out there. They don't know how to have the conversation. I think asking is really lovely. 
to be honest. I don't expect all the people I work with to do that because we're in modern times and it's normal just kind of have that weird conversation where it's like, are we exclusive? Well, I kind of want to be. Well, so do I. So, okay. And that's fine too. I mean, it's whatever the style of the couple is, but I think an ask is really, really nice. And is it, are you out to dinner? Are you like laying in bed? (laughs) Like give me, give me, give the guy this advice that's like so practical that he doesn't have to feel embarrassed about it. You know what I mean? Like make it turnkey. Yeah, I would go more laying in bed vibes just because it's too formal if it's over dinner. <laughs> I'd like to meet you at 6 p.m. and ask you a question. God, she'd be either terrified yeah, exactly. or thinking it's going to oh be something really different. <laughs> right, 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 right. Totally. Yeah, no, I would say definitely at home, um, you know. I like the idea of not making it a question so much as putting it like, this is what I want. Do you I want like that to? too. Because otherwise, I think when it's asked as a question, then the other party is like, well, I don't know what you want, so I don't know what I should say. Yeah, I think that, yes. So I think men and women at ease by being like, this is what I want, so is that what you want as well? Yeah, I think that men need to be more direct in general about things. And I just think sometimes they're embarrassed to do that, but they really, they need to. I think that's great advice. It's unfortunate that no one wants to face rejection anymore, which I think is why these apps have gotten so popular because it makes the blow of not getting mutually swiped feel less rotten when you swipe 100 people in an hour. Of course. Which is so, oh God, that must be the bane of your guys' existence. Like, do you guys just sit around just bitching about, like, what Tinder has done to society? Kind of. Part of me hates it. Part of me also loves it for reducing the stigma that's associated with matchmaking and oh, doing something more proactive. That way. Yeah. I think that just because so many people are on apps, they're a lot more open and willing to work with matchmakers now because everybody commiserates about apps and everybody has those horror date stories. So, you know, it's kind of kind of a no-brainer to work with somebody like us if, if you can. So for our listeners that might be in New York and might be interested, how do they get how do they find you guys? How do they become a client? So they would have well, if they're listening, then they're ultimately, you know They've got a, the SGC. Exactly. Sure. They're a fan of yours, so we'll probably like them. So they can write in to apply at lastfirst.com. And what does that entail? Do they have to like send in a picture. We ask them for a picture and just a little kind of a little bio. Usually people are recommended to us. So their friend will kind of like write a little bio and then we'll reach out to them. So people can apply on people's behalf. Uh-huh. Yes. Let's actually refer at lastfirst.com if you want to be technical. But okay. we accept emails on any of the addresses. So Does it ever happen that people refer someone and then you call up the guy and you're like, oh, your friend referred you. You seem like a great candidate. And they're like, who is this? Yes. 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 Sometimes. But I always say it's a huge compliment to be referred. If you've been in here, if you know me, if you know the people who I work with and surround myself personally with, like, I think it's, it's, it's great. I think it just, it's, it's great to be referred. So they don't feel like it's an ambush? No, not usually. Sometimes if they don't know what the company is about, they do though. So. I not want to be on the other side of that conversation if they're like, what, why do you think I need? Yeah. <laughs> But hopefully that doesn't happen. Not too often, but it definitely, it definitely has happened before. Or I think a lot of guys all the time I hear, all the time, well, I don't have any trouble meeting girls. And it's like, okay, I'm not impressed. You're on (laughs) Tinder. You don't have trouble meeting girls. This isn't about having trouble meeting girls. It's about wanting to be proactive and being picky about the kinds of girls you're meeting rather than just meeting anyone and everyone or wasting hours of time and money on somebody who isn't a fit. Right. And I mean, yeah, of course it's not about meeting girls. It's about finding a relationship. Those are two different different things. things. 
So, Emily, before I let you out of here, uh, we always ask our guests the same final question, and that is, what was your first million bucks moment? Very fun question. (laughs) And I have definitely a lot of them. I would say my first million bucks moment was um, when I was living in Paris. I feel like I totally – that's when I, like, got the memo. I, like, look back on my outfits and – you know, stuff I said and did when I was in college. I feel like I didn't get it. I think it was probably when I was living in Paris um, and I was going to this random party. I guess we'll just call it a party. And um, and I was working at Ralph Lauren, so I had my whole wardrobing and I was there. I was getting ready. So I was going after work and I was in the fitting room and I just looked in the mirror and was like, this is it. This is my life. I'm oh my God, what were you an wearing? adult now. Was it a total I was, Rachel Green moment? <laughs> totally. Everybody says that. Yeah. Um, I was wearing a little, like, black dress that just fit really well, which is what I always feel best in, and sky-high heels and pretty hair. What's the guy equivalent of, like, a just rocking dress and, and great heels? I would say... Is there, like, a can't-miss? Yeah, I, I mean, I would say I would say jeans and a blazer. Yeah, so this just like fits perfectly. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And they feel great in above it, all. It's hard not to feel like Clooney, like heading out with a mall when you're just like, oh, this old thing. Yeah, but like you still look put together. It's like the on-duty, off-duty look. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Um, do you still have any of your Ralph Lauren clothes? I do. I do. I have all of them actually. Really? They haven't been like since purged from. When no. you move back from Paris? No, I do purge, but that stuff is just so great. And it's also, there's something that comes with when you get things for free or when you get things <laughs> at a company discount or just, I mean, in, in such a beautiful place, such a beautiful store over there. So they have a lot of memories attached to them. Which are also great clothes. Yeah, the ones where you pull it on and you're like, oh, remember when this happened? Yes, definitely. Those definitely. are the outfits to wear on the dates that you mentioned. Yes. I love it. All right. Thank you, Emily holmes Han of Last First. That's lastfirst.com. Where else can people find you online? Um, they can go to our press tab and on lastfirst.com and read about us um, in the Daily Front Row, The Observer, all different kinds of places. I love it. All right, guys. If you enjoyed this episode, please go rate and review us on iTunes. It helps new listeners discover us. We can't, you know, be exclusive just us that much longer. We really appreciate you making that extra effort for us by hitting subscribe, by leaving that review. It really does make a difference. And thanks to our sponsor, 5-4. Remember, undressed listeners can get 50% off their first month's package when they sign up with the code STYLEGF. Till next time, I'm Megan Collins of Style Girlfriend. This is Undressed. <laughs>